Glory be to God. Uh, we'll take a Bible affirmation where you are seated right now. Uh, the Bible affirmation. Bring out your Bibles. Bring out your Bibles. If your Bible is a hard copy Bible, bring it. If it's a digital Bible, bring it out. Amen. The Bible affirmation quickly. Glory be to God. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. He says, this is my Bible. It's God's inner and unchanging word. Hallelujah. I see some people not lifting the thing up. If you came, if your Bible is in your phone, lift it before God. Hmm. But where is your Bible? In your pocket. Okay. Come next time with it. Amen. This is my Bible. It's... it's Please, can we start again? This is my Bible. It is God's inner and unchanging word. It is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I therefore listen to it carefully and I do it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. Know it in my head by diligent study. Store it in my heart by memorization and meditation. Show it in my life by doing his teachings. And sow it in my world by being a witness. Hereafter, I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus. For his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. Please put your Bible down carefully where it is, or on your lap, wherever, or under your seat. Amen. The Bible says that he has made us kings and priests unto our God. I want you to appreciate the king and the priest that is seated beside you. There's royalty beside you. There's priesthood beside you. Tell that king and that priest, my name is so-so-so. I do this, and I'm honored to be seated by you. Uh, take it seriously. Say it again. Say to the other person, say to the other person, my name is so-so-so. I am honored to be seated by this king to be seated by this priest. This is what I do. What do you do? But Victor, have you told her what you do? She knows. Okay. Sister, have you told him what you do? What about her? Good. When we come to church, we're also building a network. Amen. Praise God. Glory be to God. You're welcome this morning in the name of Jesus. My heart is indicted on a good matter. I have a word from the Lord for you today. Amen. And I want you to open your heart to receive of this word of life that is able to save your souls in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today I'm speaking on evident grace through honor. How can I download evident grace into my life by honoring? Like I said, it's a journey we are going, and I'm not in a hurry. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. I read from Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. I have a number of scriptures to read. So media, please listen and follow. Malachi 1 6, I read from the New English Translation. But will you remember all the verses I'm going to talk about? You will remember all. Uh, write them down so that you will go home and look at it. I'm reading from the New English Translation. It says, a son naturally honors his father. And a slave respects his master. Honor and respect. He says, if I am your father, where is my honor? If I am your master, where is my respect? The Lord who rules over all. Ask you this, you priests who make light of my name, but you reply, how have we made light of your name? Praise the Lord. A son naturally honors his father, a slave honors his master. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, Proverbs 3, 9. He says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thine increase. First Samuel chapter 2. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. This was a prophetic word to Eli. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. It says, wherefore, the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father shall walk before me forever. But now the Lord said, Be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me, I shall, shall be lightly esteemed. Praise the Lord. What is honor? Honor, like we saw in Malachi, being used interchangeably, is respect. 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 There are many other ways the English dictionary describes that. One of the dictionaries I looked at said to give the highest regard to. It's good enough to regard. But he said, if you are really honoring within the context of where you are, giving the regard to a person, to an authority figure, to an entity, to an event, giving your attention is described as honor. The third description of honor that I saw is to give a preferred place, a preferred place, a special place, a place of priority. It is to give a special portion. It is to give a due. It is to give a due. It is not about the person or the entity you are honoring. It's about the fact that you know and you have chosen to honor. I'll give you an instance. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 9, an event took place. Kish, his donkeys got lost. And he told his son, go search out for the donkeys. And the son with the servant went to search out for the donkeys. 
they didn't know that they were in a destiny, on a destiny journey. This was how Saul saw himself before the prophet. First Samuel chapter 9, verse 21, the New Living Translation. He says, but Saul replied, but I am only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel. He says, my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking to me like this? I am not someone who should honor. I'm not somebody that should sit with you and the elders of Israel to eat. And yet you are saying, you just met me for the first time and you are telling me that I should come with you and you are giving me a special place to eat. No, I don't belong to that class. I don't belong to that class. It is not for me to go there. That was how he saw himself. But what was it that influenced the prophet's decision? 1 Samuel chapter 9, I read verse 17, then I'll run from 22 to 24. Please follow me. Because I want you to know that there is something about honor that might not even be evident or obvious to the person that you are honoring, but you know the reason why you are doing it. So honor is about understanding. Honor is about knowing the reason behind the reason why you are bestowing that honor to somebody that doesn't even see himself as should be honored. Okay. First Samuel 9, 17. It says, when Samuel saw Saul, on top of Saul, there was a conversation that took place a day before. Samuel knew the conversation. Saul wasn't part of that conversation. Saul was still seeing himself as a small boy running around, or the adolescent running around in Israel, looking at for the countryside for donkeys. But already something significant had happened in his life. And the Bible says that the Lord has said to his prophet Samuel that tomorrow, he says, this, he says that is the man I told you about that he's going to rule my people Israel. Now, verse 22 quickly to 24 of that same scripture. Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall. The hall was a special convocation. This convocation used to take place once in a year. Among the elders of that population, that geographical area in Israel, and Samuel, the prophet of God, will come and sit on that convocation, and then a lot of other matters will be settled in that place. And lo and behold, a stranger, possibly the youngest of all the Lord, came in. He did not only come in and be seated, he was given the prime place of seat. The prophet must have known something that all the other people didn't know. The Bible says, then Samuel brought Saul and his servant. Hello? And his servant. We'll get that some other day. Into the hall. And placed them where? At the head of the table. Honoring them. Above how many? 30 special guests. Saul himself didn't even know why he should be honored. So oftentimes, honor is not about the entity being honored, but the reason behind the honor. Are you following me? Okay. So, placed him at a strategic place. The Bible says, not only did he sit among the elders, not only was he given the head of the seat, it says, Samuel then instructed the cook. You see that Samuel had prepared ahead of time to be able to honor Saul. So, honor comes with preparation. Honor comes with understanding. Let me repeat it. 
you prepare to honor. When you are honoring, the main reason why you are honoring is the understanding you have about the honor. You cannot truly get the benefit of honor if you don't understand what you are honoring. Are we following me? So Samuel instructed the cook, bring the finest cut of the meat, the piece that I had set aside. You know, there was a piece he set aside. He said, tomorrow I will have a special guest. Keep this for my special guest. You prepare to honor. Praise the Lord. There was somebody in the Bible who had a prestigious sitting, but he had forgotten the concept of honor. Why? Because he was born into privilege. Did you hear that? Because he was born into privilege. As a result of being born into privilege, he has forgotten how that privilege got to, to, got to him at that time. That is why at times when David prayed, David said, oh, I think it was a songwriter that said, it was Andrew Crouch that said, Lord, remind me where you took me from. At times we need to tell ourselves our stories. The day Saul forgot his story, he became proud before the Lord. Now, in this instance, his name was Eli. Eli was a high priest of Israel. The great-great-great-great-grandfather of Eli had earned a place. Before, the high priesthood was to be within the family of Aaron. He was to be rotated among his sons. But because of what Phinehas did, when the issue of Balaam and Balak came up, the Bible says God decided that it was just going to be limited to the family of Phinehas alone that will be high priest in Israel. And it was a privileged position. At that time, Eli was sitting there. And so, but it happened so much that the children of Eli, possibly because of the disposition of Eli in parenting, the Bible describes them in 1 Samuel chapter 2, 3, verse 13. He said they were wayward and wild, but Eli did not restrain them. He says, no, not even when they made themselves vile, and by their evil examples, they made the lost people to transgress, to sin. That is in chapter 2, verse 22 to 24. The Bible says God was not happy about it. And God sent many messengers to Eli. But Eli preferred not to rebuke his sons, not to sanction his sons, implying that he possibly, out of his own uh, thinking of an entitlement, thinking that he can never be taken from them, he implied and honored his sons. He chose not to hurt his sons, but he was hurting God. And the Bible says, God made that statement, I had said it would be so. But today, because of what you are doing, by reason of you dishonoring me and making my people to sin, I have said that thing will no longer be. I will revert back to the original arrangement. He lost what was made available to them, to their family on a platter of gold by dishonor. What does that tell me? I wrote here, when it comes to honor, it appears to me, to me, that God is very personal about it. He says, I will honor those that honor me. Anyone that despises me shall be lightly extinct. God will deal to you the same measure, pressed down, shaking together, that you deal towards him. Honor. God deals with honor personally. There are some stories of some people in the Bible that contacted the grace of God by reason of they just deciding to honor God. 
I look into Genesis in the life of Noah. The Bible says Noah found grace, favor in the eyes of the Lord. What did he do? Genesis 6, 8. God came to him and revealed the plan that he had. That the entire earth because of sin was going to be destroyed. The Bible says that he told Noah, I am going to send rain to destroy. At that time, there has never been rain. People never knew that the same water that they are drinking can kill them. There was nothing like that. Rain had never fallen. And so when we talk about the concept of rain, I don't know what abstract concept we can talk about now. I don't know. what It's like, it's like uh, maybe 10 years ago, uh, I stand and I tell us that, look, listen, the time will come that you don't need to come to a garden like this. You can worship God online from home. 10 years ago, would you have believed that? But it is happening today. And who knows some of the bizarre things that are in stock in the world coming. But beloved of God, God said, I'm going to send rain. Noah believed God that God said he was going to send rain. That time he was 600 years old. And God told him, build an ark. God gave him a dimensions. And God said, be sure you build according to the pattern I'm showing you. And the Bible says for 120 years he labored. God did not give Noah money. Noah built the ark from his personal resources. Noah hired people. Noah walked tirelessly. And the Bible says as he was walking, he was also announcing to the people, look, listen, a time is coming that God is going to destroy the earth. They didn't believe him. At the end of the day, it was him and his household that was saved. On that day, animals came in. God brought them in, chapter 6, verse 20. When God brought them in, 366 days, they were on top of the waters. Every other entity had died, perished on the earth. On top of the waters they were, then they descended. When the waters as assuaged in chapter 8, the Bible says Noah came out. And when he came out and touched the earth, one of the first things he did was to honor God by his sacrifice. What did he do in honoring God? The first thing in honoring God was his gratitude to God. He sacrificed to God the animals. Don't forget there were only seven of them that were there, male, female. Seven of them. He took out of the precious uh, item that God has preserved. God took time to bring them in. The reason why God brought them in was not for sacrifice because God did not tell Noah to sacrifice them. He was to preserve their lives. But when Noah came out, Noah knew, even though this is cast, I must sacrifice one unto God. He honored God out of gratitude for preserving his life. Do you think it was easy to stay in the ark? Where was the toilet system of the ark? Where was the drainage system of the ark? The lion was in the ark. The goat was in the ark. Do you think the lion was not roaring? Do you think there was no fight in the ark? Oh, the snakes in the ark, they ate grass, Abby? No! They lived their normal lives throughout there. And Noah had to contend with all of them. Oh, do you think that the animals probably did not attempt to attack him? He faced all those victories. He faced all those dangers. But God told him to do it. And so he stood there knowing that he would see the end of it. But when he saw the end of it, out of gratitude, that which God had graciously preserved, maybe one of his most favorite animals, the bears that was there, the Bible says he took it and offered a sweet-smelling sacrifice unto God. When God saw it, the Bible says God decided within himself, I will no longer destroy the earth with flood again. 
and gave us a symbol of the rainbow. No matter how much it rains, we know that rain will not destroy the earth. What happened? It was an offering of gratitude. He honored God with his gratitude. And it was not just an empty gratitude. He didn't come on the earth and say, I will roll, 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 roll. I will roll from here. When you want to roll, roll on the dust on your white dress. Let us see. Why is it that it is on the rock that you are rolling? Hello. Eh, looking at some of our hypocrisy. Stop rolling. Rolling. Roll in your house. Bring an offering before God. The roll will not pay electricity bill. Hello? Are you listening to me? I will roll seven times. I will shout seven hallelujah. You can record it and shout it. Hello? Let's be pragmatic. He gave something what cost God. You want to roll? Go on that road that there is dust. Wear a very white, beautiful satin dress and go and roll there. Then we know we are rolling. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? Amen. Noah honored God when he offered a clean animal unto God. Don't forget, there were just seven of them. He took two and honored God with a clean animal. It cost him. Every step of honor, every step of the way was very expensive to Noah. Noah offered to God what was rare, what was valuable. It was honor he gave to God. We move to Genesis chapter 12, the story of Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham, God spoke to him five years earlier. And then five years later, when his father died, he moved from where he was into a land that he knew nobody. You may wonder, maybe it was just to move. No, it was more than move. He separated from his family. He separated from his children. He separated from everywhere they knew Abraham. And you see, in those days, what gave you security was your family. What gave you security was the name you bear. What gave you security and defense was the fact that you engaged in a particular profession. Here he was, moving to a land that he wasn't even sure of anything. And why did he move? He sought for a city whose maker and builder was God. He honored God throughout. That move alone made God to make a promise to him. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Out of honor, he extracted a promise from God that at a point God had to swear by himself. You know, Jesus said to the Jews when they were questioning him, he says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see the day, to see my days. Have you read that scripture? When did Abraham see his days? The day Abraham honored God, when God said, take your son, your only son, and do what? Go to the Mount Moriah, three days journey, and sacrifice him before me. The Bible says he took his son and went on the journey and climbed on the mountain and tied his son down, prepared the fire, took the knife to cut the son. God said, no, don't do it. Look up. There is a sacrifice. When he saw that sacrifice, he saw Jesus on the cross, the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. As a result of honor, he could see what was going to come ahead. Honor converts so much things unto us. Are you following me, church? The Bible says in Genesis 39, the story of Joseph, when Potiphar's wife came. Potiphar's wife was a key for promotion. Potiphar's wife was a key to settlement for him. Potiphar's wife was a key for pleasure for him. Potiphar's wife was a key for life, in, for life getting better and rosier for him. 
And so when she willingly, and don't forget, go and read it in the Amplified Bible, Genesis chapter 39. Potiphar's wife did not tempt this guy once. The Bible says she kept coming. She kept coming. She was untiring about it. She kept coming until one day it was just the two of them in a place. And the Bible says in order for him to save himself, he did what? He pulled his dress and she got the dress and they ran away. What was his testimony? He said, listen to me. My master has not kept anything away from this house except you. You are his wife. I cannot do this. Not because of the master, but because of God. I will not commit this wickedness against God and sleep with you. Even though he knew the consequences, he was now moving from, prisoner, from a slave, head slave, to become a prisoner. He didn't know. He did not know that what was the way to the palace for him. Beloved of God, he chose to honor God. And in the midst of that darkness, God took him through. If he didn't go to the prison, he would never have met those that would usher him into the palace. Even though he could interpret dreams, he would never have been able to go before Pharaoh to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh. Even if he interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh, he probably would never have gotten the favor to be able to stand and be prime minister in Egypt. God exalted him because he honored God. What about Noah? I mean, what about Hannah? In 1 Samuel chapter 2, chapter 1, verse 2, listen to this. He said this. If you read chapter 1 and chapter 2, you will see the story of this wonderful woman. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 2, and he had two wives, that is the husband Elkanah. The name of one was Anna, the name of the other was Penina, and Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Verse 22, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons. This was after the entire event. What happened in this case? God had a need for a prophet. Don't forget, before this time, God had been looking for a way. He said, well, this Eli, I have warned him. I have warned him. I have warned him. Eli is not listening to me. I better look for myself, a prophet. He looked among the priests. He couldn't see anyone he can trust. Because everyone was sucking up to the sons of Eli. There was no one that stood before God. And God said, I have to get out of this lot to raise for myself a priest. And God began to say, God had a need for a man. This woman also had a need for a son. God did not allow her to have a son until their needs met. I will give you a son and you will give me that son. He took faith from her because even though she had even given birth to that son, to wipe away her reproach within her family. Look, listen, don't think Penina stopped there. Penina did not stop there because she would still be harassing her. Even the son you had, you have given it away. So you are still worse than what you were. And she endured all the contradiction of men. Why? Because she chose to honor God. The Bible says God gave her how many more sons? Three sons and two daughters. But most importantly, she wanted a son that would wipe away her reproach in her family. God wanted a prophet, a man that can stand for the entirety of Israel. Beloved of God, honor will put you in that state. Have you chosen to honor God in your life? Listen, David just got into the throne. And when everything had happened, David sat back and thought to himself. He said, look, listen, he called the elders, the generals of Israel together. He said, look, there's something called the ark of God. Where the Shekinah of our God dwelt. In the days of Saul, we have ceased from inquiring of the law from that. I think it is time we bring the ark of God from where it was forgotten. In the house of uh, uh, that man, in one of those cities, for 22 years, the ark was forgotten there. 
They brought back the ark into Jerusalem. On the way, trouble happened. Three months later, after he had gone to search and found a due order, he still went back and brought back the ark with dancing and so on. And when he did that, God said, took note of him. Not only that, one day, he saw he was sitting in his house and he went out maybe in the window to look. Lo and behold, he was sitting in the panel house. His house was now comfortable. This is the same David that was living in caves and so on. Now he's living in a panel house. And he looked out of the window and he saw the ark of the Lord in a tent. Who knows whatever the condition of the tent was. But beloved of God, David said, how can I live in this house? Knowing where I came from and the house of God is in the tower, I will build God an ark, a house. And what happened? God said, no, you won't build me a house. Before doing that, I will honor you. Beloved of God, he honors those that honor him. He despises those that, ex that do not honor him. That lightly, or that do not honor him. Beloved of God, honor. How do I honor God in my day and time like this? Jesus, the son of God, he came to die. But beloved of God, at Gethsemane, he told God, listen, Father, I know, and you know, that there is a way out of this without my dying. But this is what you have chosen. Because of what you have chosen, I have chosen also your choice. Even though your choice is painful, your choice is going to cost me tears, it's going to cost me pain, it's going to cost me shout. But since this is what you have chosen, I have also agreed with you. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He says, sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not. He says, but a body that has prepared for me, lo, I have come as it is written of me in the volume of the books. To do your will, O oh God. The will of God was his most important mate. The will of God. He chose to honor God. And as a result of that, God did not just keep quiet. The Bible says when he resurrected and purified the things in heaven, God gave him a name that is higher than every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee on earth, in, uh, sorry, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, you what? Bow. Honor. 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 In the book of Ruth, we read a story. Naomi, because of the experience she has had, she had been in pain for the past 15 years of losses. She has lost all the men in her lives. It appears that even the women that joined her became unfortunate and also lost. At a point, there was nothing, no food to eat again. She decided to go back to her country. And when she was going, her two daughters-in-law decided to come with her. She said to herself, no, it will be very selfish of me to take you along with me. I don't know where I'm going to stay. I don't have a house in Israel. I don't have an address in Israel. I don't have any child anymore that I can say I'll give you when he's old enough to marry you. No, no, no. Please go back. Your lives will be better if you go back. One went back. The other stayed with her. And that one that stayed with her, even that one, was one in which God used to vicariously give Naomi a new life. What happened? That lady that stayed with her, obviously, from my own reading, in different translations of scripture, I found out that Naomi was very close to the two of them. So, she could really relate with them. However, Ruth decided that she was going to stay with Naomi no matter what. She was sold out to this woman. And as a result of being sold out to this woman, they got to Israel. They were stranded. They became object of pity. Object of people talking about them. Ah, you beautiful woman, this is what you have become. That was all the pity people could give them. I don't know where they stayed. They probably managed to shackle or squat somewhere. Then in one of those days, there was hunger all around. Then maybe the people that were housing them were beginning to be tired of feeding them. Suddenly, now uh, Ruth said to herself, you know what, mother-in-law? 
I understand that there is a provision in this land that the God of this land has made to take care of people in our state. That if we go to a farm that they are farming, all we can do, we cannot go ahead of the reapers. Let us stay behind the reapers. It's a provision of God to feed the poor in the land. And whatever drops from their hands or whatever they fail to reap, the law says that we can take it and it will become ours. And you know, some of them can labor for a day and not even get up to a calabash load. But the Bible says she got there that day because of honor. She didn't want the old man, old woman to go and walk. She could say, look, old woman, you to go and walk. Go and walk. Let us walk together so that we'll have something. She said, no, no, no. You stay. Let me go and hustle. In today's language, what did she do? She probably went to a, a, a building site to carry pom-pom for a day's pay. That is probably what she went to do. In today's site, she could have I said, met somebody who is selling on traffic. I said, can I sell for you? If I sell 10 bags, will you give me one bag? I mean, one sachet to at least use for myself. Whatever the bargain that was struck, in today's language, look at how it will be. Now, she went into that field. And she began to walk so tirelessly. She had not even eaten. She was walking. What was it that was driving her? Honor. She honored her mother-in-law. She honored. She wanted that woman to be well taken care of. At least to the best of her ability, she wanted for that woman. The Bible says as she walked, she didn't know that somebody was coming, the owner of the farm at that time. She was not even aware that somebody was around. All that happened behind her was that the man said, who is that damsel? She was not the only one that was doing it. There is grace that comes with honor that makes you to stand out. May that grace fall upon somebody today. She was not the only one that was gleaning. She was not. There were a lot of them, but the man saw her only. Are you with me? And when the man saw her, she be, he began to make inquiries about her. And when he made inquiries about her, he called the reapers aside. He said in verse 16, make sure because of this woman, on the line this woman is, is gleaning from, make sure you deliberately drop some handfuls on purpose for her. And the Bible says, when the day was closed, she has gathered more than a calabash, more than her expectation. Out of honor, God exceeded her expectation. She had enough. Not only that, the man said, when she finishes, add more to whatever she gets. There was nothing between him and the man, and he had no ulterior motive at all. But there was a force behind him, a force beyond him that was motivating him to do all that. The Bible says he also told them the third instruction. When this woman finished, make sure you give her food to eat. The Bible says she ate. She did not only eat enough for herself. She gathered enough to take to her mother-in-law in the house so that the mother-in-law will have something proper to eat. Beloved of God, hear me. What happened in that place? Because Ruth honored Naomi, an old woman that has suffered so much loss, an old woman that should be resting at this time and her sons be providing for her. Lo and behold, no son. I'm the only one available. And I'm going to make sure, to the best of my ability, I will give her first before me. And she went with that heart in her mind. When she went, honor naturally gives birth to something. One thing that honor will always give birth to is access. Honor is pregnant. When you provoke honor, honor gets pregnant. When it is time for honor to deliver, the only child that honor delivers is access. In this case, Honor delivered access to Boaz. Boaz took notice of her. And when Boaz began to ask questions of her, she didn't even know. That honor, or that access that she got, resulted in favor. 
resulted in provision, resulted in little work, more pay, resulted in more honor, resulted in blessings, eventually resulted in her. Remember, she entered that field as a nobody, walking behind the servant. It was a matter of time because of honor. She became the lady, the first lady of that field. Do you understand me? Honor as a way to lift the poor out of the dunghill and put him among the princes, even the princes of his people. Honor. Honor, you see, there is, a, there is a circle between honor and access. And you see, when honor gives birth to access, and access gives birth to favor, there are three crises of favor that you always see. You will see it in the life of Ruth. You will see it in the life of Esther. You will see it in the life of David. You will see it in the life of Jesus. You will see it in the life of Apostle Paul. It runs throughout the Bible. The first result of favor is that people will be unusually kind to you. Unusually kind. It will not happen once. It will not happen twice. It will happen repeatedly and continuously. The second result of favor is that people will give you unusual access. The man said, give her, give her, give her. Up to a point that when the man went to sleep for them to conclude the harvest, the Bible says this woman entered in and she had access to enter. Why? Because somebody at the gate had known her to be accepted to the man. And the man, and she went following the instructions of her, her mother-in-law and she followed everything to the letter and she resulted in what happened in her life. Listen to me, honor. Ruth never expected she could have a child anymore. But not only did she have a child, honor engrafted her in the lineage of King David, in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. Honor, honor, honor. Honor is a promoter. When access got into her, she got unusual kindness because of favor. She got unusual uh, access. Then she got unusual acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. Ac Beloved of God, rejection can be bad. Rejection can be so disappointing. You will be the best. They will look at you and say, I don't like your face. So go and sit down. And they will bring somebody that doesn't even know half of what you know and put him on top of you. You will still be the one to do the work. He's the one that will get the credit. But that must end in your life today. That must end in your life today. The root into breaking that hold in your life is the root of honor. Honor will give back to many things that we don't even think of at this time. That is why the Bible says we should honor God with the first fruit of our increase. On the first Sunday, that's in three weeks' time, or in two weeks' time, I don't know, first Sunday in February, we have our first fruit Sunday. First fruit is a time of, is, 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 is an offering, a sacrifice of honor unto God. You are saying, God, out of my sweat, out of the work you have given, because it takes power to walk. The Bible says, thou shalt remember the Lord your God, for it is he that has given thee power to what? To get wealth in order for him to confirm his covenant or establish his covenant among you. It takes power to make money. And you are saying, God, and in the making of money, your skill is involved. Your sweat is involved. Your intellect is involved. Your time is involved. Your blood is involved. The entirety of your life is involved. So when you bring your money... You give somebody 10 naira out of your earning. It is actually your life, part of your life you are giving to that person. Whether he values it or not, it doesn't matter. That is why God oftentimes uh, appreciates or values the seed we bring to our life. Because he understood or he understands what some of us would have gone through in order to bring that before him. The Bible says we bring these things before God. A subtotal of our lives we bring before God and say, God, listen. God, this is what I have earned. In the first season of my life, and in the nature of the season that we're in, life is measured in years. 
In this year, 2023, this is my first earning. Lord, I honor you. Why do you do it? I do it because I trust you to ensure a continuous cash flow. I trust you to ensure that you protect what is remaining. I trust you to ensure that no matter whatever happens, I will not lack, I will not be in need. I trust you for an elevation. I trust you for a promotion. That is what you are saying by that seed you are bringing towards God. And you bring it with a prayer going ahead of you. As you bring it, everything is shouting around you. Your health is shouting. Your mother needs attention in the village. Your father needs attention. Your child's school fees. Your rent this, your rent that. Though have you not read in the Bible, uh, uh, Psalm 118, I think verse 27. He said, consign the offering. Bind the offering. Bind. The offering will always talk back to you. He will tell you his alternative uses. He will tell you his importance. He will tell you the things you can do by that first fruit you are bringing before God. And you bring it before God, closing your ears to everything. He said, Lord, by faith, I have chosen to honor you, and I lay this on your altar. And you bring it before God. Before you bring it, you would have lifted it in prayer unto God. Prayer of thanksgiving. Prayer of saying, God, thank you that you have given me the grace and the power to walk. You have given me the grace and the power to end this. I have ended this, oh God. Lord, I am presenting it before you. And you bring everything before God, and you put it there. Somebody asked me, when you bring your first fruit, how do you pay your tithe? I said, if I have 10 naira and I bring everything 10 naira, where is the place for my tithe? It means there is no place for tithe when I bring my first fruit. Are you with me? Another person says, supposing I pay my first fruit, I bring my first fruit to the Lord in January. And between January and March, I get a new stream of income and I begin to make some money out of it. What do I do? I say, on that new stream of income, bring your first fruit to the Lord also. The same principle. Between then and now, where I was working, I brought my first fruit in January. In March, I am promoted. I was earning 10 naira before. Now I'm earning 15 naira. I said, in March, you bring another first fruit before God. It's a commitment. It's a relationship of honor. It's a relationship of appreciation, of gratitude, of saying, God, you did this for me. I trust you that you keep the rest. The Bible says, or you bring it before God, God, my first fruit on this line is five naira, and I trust you, and I bring it before God, everything. Yes, I still stay on my old ten naira. For this first month, I bring this rest to you, and you bring it before God. It's a personal covenant. It's not something you sit and discuss with somebody other than your wife. It's not something for a conference. Or. It's a journey of faith, a step of faith. It's a step of honor. He says, I will honor those that honor me, and those that despise me, I will lightly esteem. Praise the Lord. And you decide to bring it before the Lord. And you do that. God, in the midst of it, opens another stream. You will not say, God, between January and March, I've given you two first fruits. Let me eat this one. You are beginning to pollute your harvest. You bring on the second line or the third line now your first fruit and present it to God. Continuous circle. Continuous circle. Continuous circle. A time comes in which the scripture in Osea is fulfilled. While some people are still planting, you are still eating from the old harvest and a new harvest has come. Beloved of God, God is faithful. God owes no man. He's a faithful rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Beloved of God, there is financial grace that can be released to you. And it's not only limited to financial grace. Look, Ruth honored the mother-in-law and it resulted in marriage and child for her. Not only did it result in marriage and child for her, it resulted in prestige for her. Not only did it result in prestige for her, what she didn't qualify for. The Bible says the elders of the gate at their wedding ceremony 
bless, pronounced blessings on Boaz, pronounced blessings on her. And all those blessings, go and read it, were fulfilled in their lifetime and some when Jesus came. Beloved, or when King David came, rather. Beloved of God, let me tell you, the word of God is real. God cannot be mocked. Let us get up and do what God wants us to do. On the first Sunday in June, sit down, discuss with your family. Some of us, it might be coming fresh. It might be coming so new. One of the things I tell brethren is that in the old Israel, under the agrarian culture, they used to prepare for their first fruit in January or between January and March from the month of September or October. If you are not prepared for it, one thing you can do is to tell God, I earn 10 naira. Within the circumstance I'm in now, God, I cannot bring 10 naira right now, but I have decided to honor you. God, between this time and this time, a short time, I am going to do this. And you divide it accordingly and begin to bring it in installments to God to ensure that your existence, to ensure that your survival within this period is okay. It's okay between you and God because the important thing is a heart that you have chosen to serve God with. And you bring it consistently. You don't give any excuse before God. It is possible. The following year you prepare and make sure that you make arrangement for it to ensure that you don't do that or you don't do it like that again. Beloved of God, Honor is a currency in heaven. Honor produces. Honor will always give you access. And access, you can never tell what access can bring your way. But one thing is certain, whatever be the challenge, access has an answer to that challenge. Bow your heads, let us pray. Today we have access to God because of Jesus. Today we enjoy so many things because of Jesus. Because Jesus honored God. Beloved of God, what is the well you are digging for your family? What is the way you are digging for your generation? What are you talking to God about? What are you, what do you, what legacy do you want to leave? It says, honor God with the first fruit of your increase. Talk to God today. I don't know if you are here, you are not born again. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. I really want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Lift up your hand wherever you are. You are going to stand up where you are and I'm going to pray. Maybe you were once born again. You decided to go your way and you want to be reconciled back to God. This is a good day for you to honor God with that decision of your life. Stand up wherever you are. Let me see you. Stand up wherever you are. Let me see you. Stand up wherever you are. Let me see you. Now, with the rest of us, those of us that are watching from house, I will pray a prayer now and I want you to please pray with me. And I want you to see the pastor that is standing, Pastor Fidelis O'Connor if you're in the house, he's going to talk to you more. Those of us that are watching on screen, so call that number on screen. Somebody will be there to talk to you. Father, I pray for your people. I pray for the Father's house today that you will help us to walk worthy of you unto all pleasing and be fruitful in every work of righteousness, abounding in the knowledge of the Lord. I pray, O oh God, that our hearts will be attuned to this word, to this message of honor, that will honor you in all things, honor you with our substance, honor you with our increase, honor you with our money, honor you with our finances, honor you with our bodies, honor you with our lives in all that we do in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let us.